Having decided that three shots were fired and having three sets of wounds to explain, the commission could only find either that all three shots hit their marks or that one of the three bullets hit two men. But if all three shots hit, then one of them would have had to pass through the president's neck and vanish in midair, hitting nothing and leaving no mark. Once again, Walter Cronkite there talking about the Kennedy assassination. I mean, you can call it a conspiracy theory or whatever, but I think it's fair to say that for decades, an awful lot of people have believed that something wasn't quite right with the official findings of the Kennedy assassination and all the different ways that the government looked into that, right? And you kind of heard it summed up there by Walter Cronkite. And now what we know about it or what we thought we knew about it is kind of being turned on its head again. And that is because of a former Secret Service agent. His name is Paul Landis. He's 88 years old. He served as one of the Secret Service agents that guarded First Lady uh, Jacqueline Kennedy on the day of the assassination. And he has now come forward and he claims to have witnessed something that completely challenges the official narrative and raises questions about the possibility of a second gunman in Dallas on that day. Now, we're going to need some help unpacking this. So we thought, let's turn to an expert on that. And that's why Jim Robinot is with us now, partner of Thompson Hein Law Firm and a presidential historian and Vanity Fair contributor. Jim, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Now, Jim, can you explain to us, in a nutshell, what is so sensational about these latest findings? Uh, the thing that is, that is most remarkable about it is that Paul Landis found an intact bullet on the seat of the limousine behind where Kennedy was sitting um, on, the, on the ledge of that seat, not in the seat, but on top of it, where the back of the seat meets the trunk. And he found it right after Jackie Kennedy got up to, to walk in with her husband's body into the uh, the hospital at Parkland. And um, they uh, uh, what what happened was they found out that um, he left the bullet on Kennedy's stretcher, thinking that it needed to be there for the autopsy, but didn't tell anybody about it um, at the time because just the whirlwind that he was in. And the importance of it is that if that bullet was found there intact behind the president, then it means it hit the president shallowly in the back, probably an undercharged bullet, and then fell out with the last violent uh, shots to his head or with Jackie hitting his back. And you, you can actually see her doing that in this Bruder film and getting it on her, getting it in her clothing. And as she reached up to grab part of his skull that was on the trunk in that famous scene, uh, right where she stretches over is where he found it. So, it's probably likely she carried it in her clothing up there. Um, but what it means is that if that first bullet hit Kennedy in the back and stopped, then it didn't transit through him. As you just heard Walter Cronkite say, it didn't go through the front of his neck and then go on to hit Conley. That completely undermines the Warren report because it means that a second shooter probably had to shoot uh, Governor Conley uh, after that first shot was to hit Kennedy in the back. Okay. Why did Paul Landis wait so many years, 60 years, to come forward and say this? It, you know, it's a, it's a complicated question, but I've spent, I started working, I had nothing to do with the book. He, he wrote it, and he wrote it before reading anything, um, because he really wanted to just write what his exact memory is. He is 88, but he's got a better memory than I do, and he, he's in remarkably great shape. Um, but his, you know, when he actually left the bullet 
in trauma room one and think about what was going on at that time. He had just witnessed 15 feet away. The president's head explode. They then take off to Parkland hospital. He finds this bullet. He thinks somebody's, you know, a souvenir hunter might pick it up. So he instinctively picks it up, puts it in his pocket is pushed into trauma room one next to the president's body. And everybody's told to get out almost right away. And he decides he needs to leave the bullet with the body because he knows, he knows the wound was, uh, was fatal. So he goes outside, and if you think about it, you know, sitting outside is Jackie Kennedy, covered in blood, including her face. She still hadn't wiped her face off, and he's got to take care of her at that point. So he doesn't think much about the bullet, doesn't say anything to anybody, because they are just in total chaos. And from that point forward, he brings the body back to uh, Washington with her, and then with her and Bobby Kennedy, goes to the 17th floor of the Bethesda Naval Hospital for the autopsy till 5 in the morning comes back to the White House two hours later, gets no sleep, and that entire week is like that. So that entire week, he just doesn't think about the bullet. He thinks he left it uh, where it should be left, and he really doesn't think about it. It is complete chaos that week, um, and it's all understandable. After that point, he becomes Jackie Kennedy's Secret Service agent, and she cannot sit still. She is traveling here, there, and everywhere, and he's got to go with her. He's had no break. He has PTSD. And uh, the agents just didn't talk about what happened. They were all so um, remorseful about what had happened. They, did, they didn't even talk to each other about what had happened. So he then leaves six months later because he, he can't sleep at night. He's having recurring nightmares. And he just leaves and decides, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suppress this. Jim, what does so this do to the record? Happened. What does this do to the record then of what we believe happened there? Um, what it does is you have to go back now and say, well, let's assume this is true. And if it's true, what does it mean? And what it means is if you go back and look at the autopsy that night, uh, there were two FBI agents who kept very uh, good notes, a five-page report that they put together <clears throat> that was not part of the Warren Commission report. Uh, and those guys clearly said that the, the wound in the back could not be probed more than about an inch. It was a shallow wound, and the doctors couldn't figure it out. They tried to probe through it. So they didn't find that night that the bullet had transited the president and gone out his neck. Um, if, that, you know, if that's true, people got to start looking at those that FBI autopsy report a lot more closely and understand that's what really happened, not what later the next morning the autopsy doctors found out there was a wound in the front of the neck, and so they just assumed that it had gone through, but they didn't prove it. Um, and it turns out that's that's not what happened. What happened was a shallow wound in the back, not a transit wound through the president. It, it amazes me, Jim, that this story never ceases to fascinate us, right? Like we're still talking about this all these decades later. Yeah, you know, I've been asked that all week about that. Uh, the people in London are just going bananas about it. It's interesting how much the UK is interested in this. But, you know, they asked me that and I said, well, there's really two things going on here. One is, this was the end of the age of innocence. You know, it was this dynamic, handsome, you know, charismatic, visionary leader with this great family. And he is, uh, you know, he's cut down brutally in front of everybody. It just is like an insanity switch was turned on. So, you know, we still haven't recovered from that wound. Our body politics still suffers from it in so many ways, even today. So that's one thing. The other thing is it is the ultimate murder mystery. And people love murder mysteries. They love digging into it, trying to look at clues and what happened. Here, there are clues for everybody who wants to look to, you know, run down rabbit holes. And people love doing that. I mean, it's just a, it's a fascination for so many people. So that's why all these years later, 
uh, it still is, you know, on everybody's everybody top of everybody's mind. They know where they were, you yeah. know, when the assassination so happened, et cetera. Yeah. Jim, so. you nailed it, I think. Uh, listen, thanks so much for your time on that this morning. Okay, happy to talk to you. That's a fascinating discussion. Jim Robinaud is a partner of the Thompson Hen Law Firm and presidential historian, Vanity Fair contributor, talking about upending, after all these decades, the official kind of theory of the Kennedy assassination. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.